Coming up on this episode of Real Talk with Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group, we have real estate photographer Dustin McKibben. It's I mean, a, how many lock boxes do you open? You know, is it I typically in? just bring a crowbar, and <laughs> lock boxes are not something I really worry about. Just go for the window over the sink. I told you this wouldn't be a sales pitch. Hello, everyone. This is Tony Didier, Regional Vice President in Indiana for Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group, and this is our podcast, Real Talk where we try to get the inside scoop. And today, we have a very special guest. We have Mr. Dustin McKibben, who is a real estate photographer by trade, among other things. Uh, Say what up, Dustin. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) And one of the reasons we have Dustin on the show, um, other than just getting, obviously, um, somebody who is very crucial, supplemental to our industry and getting his inside scoop on on what that looks like. He's also a seasoned podcast veteran. Mm. So tell us a little bit about that, Dustin. This is not your first podcast, right? This is not my first podcast, and it probably won't be my last podcast unless this uh, goes down in in flames, Tony. This could be the start of something beautiful. I could leave my current podcast and just be on a podcast with you. I think, well, let's see how this goes. We'll see how the audience reacts. But um, we have Dustin here for um, the scoop on real estate photography, some tips uh, for our agents in that regard, and also for entertainment. You know, right Mm -hmm. now we have, uh, we're in the midst of COVID-19, the coronavirus, and uh, obviously there's plenty of news on that, plenty of content on it. Um, plenty to be aware of, but we're just going to look at this today as hopefully an entertainment break and and try to focus on our real estate business, hopefully going back to normal and the real estate photography that helps us do our job. So Dustin, how did you get here? Who are you and why should we care? How did I get here? I walked (laughs) next door. Okay. Dustin's also my next door neighbor. (laughs) I I actually- I'm still wearing my slippers. (laughs) I'm forbidden- from using other real estate photographers because I live next door to one it, and it, he it, would find out very quickly. Yeah, it's it's I always feel sort of offended honestly when I drive into our neighborhood and I see like other realtors uh, signs up in yards that I don't work for. I don't know why. It's just like they're in my home turf. Yeah, so one thing about you Dustin too that I love is photographers have a tendency to be artsy. I mean, it's art. You know, you got to be good at it. And Mm -hmm. that personality doesn't always come along with some business savvy. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like you have that by the truckload (laughs) and are somewhat of a hustler, which is why you're a real estate photographer who also has a a podcast. Tell us a little bit about where that comes from for you. Uh, My father was always self-employed. He had his own business all through high school for me. So I always saw and looked up to him as somebody who was his own boss and realized from an early age, I never wanted a boss. I wanted to answer to my own schedule, do my own thing. Your paycheck was at the mercy of how hard you worked. And that's Man, something. that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's something that I've always worked for. I've, I've never, I've worked for myself since 2007 and I've never had a boss and it's been great. Not um, even like in a shoe store or a fast food restaurant? No, no. I've, uh, I worked for Sears in high school for a brief moment, just long enough to get a discount on a camera. <laughs> and then brilliant I, yeah. genius they were like we're this gonna is put the kind you... of innovative thinking that brings you to the top 
they were gonna they were gonna put me in the home and garden section. I was like, I'm a high school senior. I know nothing about mowers. That's fine. <laughs> I just need the I need the two weeks to get my discount card, and then you know we'll be good. I said he was a hustler. <laughs> I mean, so you basically want to be your own boss. Mm-hmm. How did you get to photography? So, gosh, we'd have to start at the beginning. Um, this was really going to date me, Tony Didier. I am from the age of MySpace, and we started a DJ company back in 2006. We being? My friend and I, Eric Smith. Um, so we saw how much high schools and middle schools and weddings and different things were paying for DJs. And we were like, hey, we've got subs in our cars. We've got <laughs> just we've, back that thing up to the party and exa- make it happen. Exactly. I'm like, we're like one of us has a Dell computer. We can <laughs> wire all this together and we can be a DJ. And so we started DJing and like undercutting our competition. And were you good at it? Ah, uh, good is a relative term. Um, it's a word. Um, we definitely improved and. You know, that business flourished, and I ended up selling um, my part over to my friend when I went off to college, and he's taken that to a crazy level, uh, now specializing more in the rental end of things, renting, like, the tables and the chairs mm-hmm. and kind of getting out of the whole weekend, you know, having to be there. The grind, so yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I got that camera at Sears to help take pictures of our setups and our weddings to start marketing because my brain has always been sort of a marketing-type brain. and Which I think we have a lot to learn from you there, too, which we'll get to. <laughs> and so I, I thought that, you know, if I could better market our DJ company in a, in a time where nobody was doing online marketing, um, it, would, it would really flourish. But th- what I didn't realize is I was going to have clients that would see my photos and be like, wow, those are much better than the photographer we actually hired to be here. Where and did that come from? Was that natural? Yeah, that was just completely, you know, self-taught. Uh, at this time, you know, I have to remind you, I was just in high school. It's not like I had taken college classes. It's not like I... Snyder High School has a photography <laughs> class. I took it, actually. I took it three times um, because... Seriously? That's how, I mean, it was like the gravy train. So that was kind a, of self-taught. Yes, kind of self-taught. This is back in film photography before they taught digital photography. Yeah, oh, there was a dark room. Oh, yeah. There was a dark room. Yep. So I would take the class in high school so that I could edit paid work on their computers um, so that I could be making money while in high school. Just like how I never was on yearbook, because if you're not on yearbook, yearbook pays you to take photos for yearbook. I didn't know that. Brilliant. There's a budget. Yeah. This is why Dustin's on the show. This is the sort of thing he sees every angle. Um, I try. You know, and I guess running your own business is exactly what all of us are doing, which is Mm -hmm. also something you're an expert at. Um, So... You got into photography by taking photos for your DJ business got and marketing yourself. Yep. Where? How long did it take you to get into real estate photography? It's relatively a, a recent thing for it to be a, this a is major your, profession. Yeah, this is year three for me in the real estate arena. Um, it's something that I kind of fell into, if you will. Um, I do all other areas of photography. I shoot for our local magazine publications. I shoot some commercial stuff, and I shoot a plethora of weddings. And a bride's mom, who's a realtor here in town, simply asked me if I'd be willing to shoot like one of her listings. And I said, you know, I have all of the equipment to do so. I've studied architectural photography. I've studied architecture. Self-taught or is that in college? In college, I actually did a... uh, 
uh, brief stint in in the architecture arena um, because I thought that would be something that I would really be good at and would benefit from being that I saw myself going really into wedding photography, live event photography, being able to capture large spaces. Yeah, the building has a lot to do with that. Right. As well as the people. And knowing how to light it and deal with that. And so when she asked me, she said, I have all these homes, these historic homes that I think would be better off having someone professional than me doing it myself. I, you know, I said, absolutely. And I did that. And I was like, wow, I really enjoyed this. And not only that, but she thoroughly enjoyed the images because it made her marketing for the house look like something out of like an architectural digest magazine. And they just, from there, she's like, I want you to shoot every house I have. And I said, okay. And then that led to people asking her who, who's shooting your homes. And then it was just a domino effect from there. Um, and so, yeah, I've been kind of doing it ever since and just more agents keep calling and I keep doing more. To yeah, the point. You, you talk a big marketing game, I'm sure, with everything you do. Um, there's a lot of marketing involved. But how much have you done for real estate photography? I've done I've done zero marketing uh, for real estate photography. Yeah, you don't really like bill yourself as a real estate photographer. I mean, you still do how many weddings a year? Uh, we do about 30 weddings a year. We used to do somewhere around the neighborhood of 60, uh, 55 to 60 weddings a year. And then we had children. And so now this is another avenue that I'm seeing the benefit of real estate photography being able to allow me to have some more of my weekends free to spend time with my kids and, you know, maybe have slightly more of like a nine to five. Which is hard to do in real estate even as well. I mean, I'm sure you're shooting um, some evenings and weekends there too. Am I wrong about that? Uh, we'll do a few weekends. Um if like that's the absolute like you know the agent can only get us in on a weekend because they have to have it sold by you know say monday morning they have to have it listed and the only time the client can be out of the home for us to shoot it is you know sunday afternoon um one of the things i love about you like i said you're a hustler you seem to make yourself available especially if it's a business you're you're trying to get from someone or something like that and as realtors we try to control our schedule um, without seeming like we're doing so to our clients, do you do something similar then where you, do they ask you when you can shoot? Do they tell you and you see if you can make it? How does that conversation usually go for you? Um, yeah. So when I'm first beginning a relationship with a realtor, I try to be as flexible with them as possible. I'm never like shifting other homes around unless... He says try to be as flexible as possible. Usually it's like, yep, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I always try to get the listing accomplished. Obviously, if I have five homes in a day and I already have a home at noon and I have a home before and a home after and they say this is the only time they can do it. Um, it really comes down to a value proposition of whether or not the realtor, how much they value me and something that I've kind of put a shift in my business versus other people in the area that do what I do is I'm also trying to work with realtors who really value good images and good photography and um, value me. And so I think that's a different perspective than what others are doing, where they're just they're a kind of a factory, if you will, of real estate photography. Whereas I'm actually I'm in this to build relationships with realtors, helping realtors with anything more so than just listings. If they have any marketing needs, whether it be video, whether it be headshots, whether it be just marketing strategy, I'm here to be a sounding board. Yeah, and you seem to be getting more into helping with all those other things. But um, our audience here is agents from four states in our company who are looking to also 
gain some insight on on real estate photography, I'm mm-hmm. sure as well. And if people are listening, looking for photography tips, I think we're going to be letting them down. Um, me personally, I've been our marketing guy. I was for eight years before I was in the role um, I am now as regional vice president. Um, I've used some cameras before. I've shot a lot of video and photography, but it is straight garbage compared to what you do. You make me blush, Tony Didier. Yeah. And this isn't a sales pitch for Dustin McKibben Photography but, because but it could be. <laughs> we only have three offices in your market area, whereas we have 60 total. This is a, a sales pitch for using a professional Absolutely. for your listing photos. So I could take, I mean, we have a, a decent Nikon at our office that you can take and shoot, but it's still like a point and shoot. I mean, mm-hmm. and with a bit of a wide angle lens, I could take the best photos I could ever take and yours are literally 50 times better. Talk to me about the importance of outsourcing it um, as far as the photo quality. Sure. So the average price of real estate photography in the Midwest is somewhere in the neighborhood of, I mean, 150 to 250, like somewhere in there. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a safe number to put out there and yeah you um, get to three some agents in the midwest might be like huh (laughs) maybe in chicago i mean i don't know like you know how high up it gets in chicago but that's kind of like a safe guesstimate but you know for that amount of money i mean it's really a no-brainer to me from a time management perspective i mean if you're a realtor and you're and you can't do something better to make you more money for the amount of time that you will spend uh shooting the house poorly And then having to, you know, maybe tweak those photos and edit those photos. I talked to a realtor last week who was telling me about how much time they spend having their assistant edit the photos that they shoot for their listings. And it was like something like five hours. And they're paying... Per listing? Per listing. They're paying, (laughs) like, their assistant hourly to edit this. And for that amount of money alone, they could pay me to just shoot the house, edit the house, have it to them the same day or next day and have the house listed and be, you know, spending that time writing a better listing, you know, spending that time looking at more houses with their clients, spend that time working on their social media, working on their SEO, working on a number of things that could be getting them more business than, you know, spending that time photographing. You know, I've always said, find people that do things better than you and surround yourselves with them and make a team Mm. versus just try to be the jack of all trades, but master of none. Well, and we're in a a really a service industry. Mm -hmm. And I think it ups your level of service to say, well, my professional photographer is going to come in and photograph your home. Anytime you can bring in somebody who's an absolute expert and almost make it seem like, you know, I'm an expert on real estate. That's what I do. I'm bringing in somebody else who's an expert on this. That's what they do. It makes it seem like even if you're a realtor without a team, you have a team of professionals backing you, you know, and I think it says something about the like white glove level of service that you're bringing Mm -hmm. to bring in this photographer. And I also think, you know, for those who are like, yeah, I'll hire a professional for like my $500,000 home, but I'm going to shoot it myself on my 150 home. I always tell agents you're trying out for your next listing with your current listing. Right. So even if it's a $80,000 house, I'm bringing you in because, yeah, it's going to eat into my profits a little more on that house, but you've already talked about the time saving. And it's the perception of like the product and the service that I bring as an agent. 100%. You know, so there's... A, 
are there any other benefits you can think of to having somebody just do it well, for you? I've had so many diff- speaking to what you just said about, you know, whether it be a half a million dollar home or an $80,000 home. I've had so many agents that have started using me two years ago who are finding themselves busier than ever now because of the fact that they use me for every listing. Mm-hmm. So what they are finding is that people are seeing their listings, whether it be a $50,000 or a $500,000, and they're, they're starting to get a reputation as an agent that this agent takes his listing seriously. This is somebody that has, you know, sort of a proof of concept, if you will, that this is what I can expect from them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, oh, just because I don't have a half a million dollar home, they're not going to take me seriously. So I think as an agent... You know, having photography, regardless of the value of the home, you're going to see, you know, that you can advertise that you can use that to market yourself to clients that, you know, hey, I treat your home just like I would a million dollar home, like Mm -hmm. whether it's 80 or 100,000, it's going to get professional photography. Absolutely. Personally, obviously, I have a little bias, but personally, I would never use an agent that doesn't use professional photography me neither and i'm not a photographer and yeah i'm obviously close to the industry as well but this is you know the biggest investment slash sale a lot of people make if i have you know any sense at all about looking at homes on the market or any business savvy or or any art savvy at all you know i'm looking to you know that professional photography and i think it should almost be a given not that you know, professional photographers are going to become a commodity in real estate. But I mean, if you're not doing professional photos right now, you know, what are you doing? I mean, everybody's starting their search online. Right. Absolutely. And you asked me earlier about if I'm finding um, our twilight photos that we offer to be beneficial. Um, so what Tony's Is that talking, the right term? So we call, like them, a sunset we call it a photo. sunset twilight photo because based on the direction of the home, it could be a sunrise or a sunset. So what it is, is we take a photo and we, using Photoshop and other means, we digitally convert the photo to look like it was taken at sunset or sunrise. And the reason we do that and the reason we started that Uh, was simply for a pop when people are scrolling through Zillow when they're scrolling Mm -hmm. through Facebook we want that photo that grabs their attention that doesn't look like oh blue sky blue sky white sky no sky boom pink pinky blue purple sky whoa yeah I don't even care where that house is I want to see what's going on there even some nice photos of a home will have a like a I don't know if it's the time of day or the mm-hmm. the weather, obviously, it'll have like a white sky and it makes the whole thing look bland, especially if there's yep. no leaves and it's this time of year yep. on the trees. It makes a big difference when you're you're scrolling through even to just see blue sky and puffy clouds. But the, we have the, the blue twilight, sky it makes you stop. Blue sky guarantee. <laughs> blue sky guarantee. Blue sky. If you are not using a photographer that has a blue sky guarantee, at least the first photo, people, because seriously, I mean, people are used to scrolling you know, up and down on their phone all day long. Mm-hmm. And that twilight photo will make you stop. And even if it's that $80,000 house, the perception is that that's a good quality home or else why would this realtor or this photographer invest the time or money into this special shot with special lighting? Right. It really makes the home seem higher end. And and we, we even tell agents, you know, if you get that photo as part of your photo package, like don't feel like you have to use it on every listing. 
get that photo with every package, but then maybe that photo you only use on your social media marketing. Maybe you don't use that for your MLS listing, or maybe you don't insert that in your MLS listing when you why, list the Why house. wouldn't you, though, use why, it in your MLS listing? Can you think of a reason? Why wouldn't you use it? Because more and more agents are getting that from me. And yeah, when it gets to the point where like 90% of agents are using that photo, right. yes, probably not. But while it's still a differentiation. Right. So what I've t- been telling agents to do is don't use it right away. But then if the house sits for two days, then you put it in. So now all of a sudden, okay, that house I didn't look at the first time. Now I'm looking at it because of that. Brings new eyes on it, yeah. Yeah, so instead of relisting the house, all you're doing is swapping out the first photo. I've long said if you're in that listing presentation and the seller says, what's your marketing plan? Agents typically will go to what they're going to spend money on and it costs them money to have this conversation. And really, it should. I always pitch it in a timeline mm-hmm. because that way, oh, right up front, I'm not spending $750 marketing your home. But I'm like, and I'm also keeping the conversation going when the home doesn't sell and keeping hope for my sellers. So it's like, list the home, see how the first wave goes. Then we talk about an open house or we talk about switching the first photo. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's not a twilight one, switch to the aerial photo or right. um, a different photo of the home just to get, like you said, the new eyes on it. And then you get to postcard to the neighbors, Facebook ad, you know, everything else. But you don't have to throw all of it at it right up front unless that's something that you think is the right thing to do for that home or for your business, you know, because right. you want to attract the audience of buyers for that home. Yeah, I even had last fall when uh, listings were in high demand, um, and or I shouldn't say high demand, they were harder to get um, because of this you know competitive landscape we're working with um, in the real estate industry. Yeah, more realtors than listings for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've had more, I had I think five or six agents who were sending me out just to do twilight photos, like before they even got the listing just so that they could use that in their report that they were giving to Ooh. the potential client. A little wow factor. A little, yeah. yeah. So then, and all, I have to say all five of those uh, agents who did that always got the listing because, you know, if you're a potential client and you're seeing this and the little booklet that they give out or, you know, report that they hand out and they see this, they're thinking to themselves like, well, you know, only this Man, guy's why would they hire anybody else? Right, exactly. I mean, he's already obviously invested some either time or money. Right, or it's not just the street resources. view photo pulled off Google. This is yeah. like actually an amazing photo of my house like I've never seen before. Interesting. Good stuff. See, this is why I had you on. See, I told you he's a marketing genius. I didn't even know what we'd get out of this thing, <laughs> but that's something I've never thought of before that's actually really good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you're in a especially competitive situation. Mm-hmm. And even if you have that listing, obviously... From this conversation we're learning, we're both proponents of using professional photography on every listing right away. Um, But even if you didn't or you made that mistake, you can always refresh and get professional photos or have a photographer go out and at least change that first photo. That first photo is so important to get people to get that click to your listing and learn more and see the rest of the photos. Mm -hmm. Have a professional photographer go out. And shoot that, and it's like not a hassle to your client too, because it's it's a drive by, right? Is it drive by shooting? Is that what you call that? Is that the technical? Yeah, I, I pull off the side of the road. I normally use my drone, and I'll just zip over, get the shot, fly back, catch it, get back in the car, and go. Yeah, and we haven't mentioned aerial at all yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take on that? How often do you do that? Um, 
Sure. Why so, do you feel it's important? So aerial photography, it's something that we've always done with our like video production side, like for our commercials we shoot and stuff like that. Um, so for us, it's not something that we've ever you know, passed on as a huge expense to realtors because in my mind, it's like I'm already there. Like I'm already there capturing mm-hmm. the home. I feel that aerial exterior photos are going to be 100% better than anything I'm going to shoot from the ground because at least here in the Midwest, most homes are, you know, elevated. They're not, we don't live in a super, I mean, it's kind of flat here, but Mm -hmm. most times they have a basement or Mm -hmm. for some reason they're up a little bit off the road. So unless you're like one of the photographers that did real estate back in the day and you brought a ladder or a step stool, I don't know, who's got time for that? You know, it's just as easy for me to just throw my drone up in the air, get a few exteriors, and then while I'm doing it, I might as well get a few from the sky, and then just give a typical suburban neighborhood home, like a totally different look, and we charge very minimal to add drone onto our package, because like I said, I'm already there. It doesn't make sense to me to charge an absorbent amount of money for something I can do in less than 15 minutes while I'm already there. I said we wouldn't talk about the virus situation we're in now mm-hmm. uh, much, at least. But talk to me about but video. But Tony has the virus. That's what he's trying to hide. <laughs> Tony has the virus. No, and I, I don't. And you're actually about six feet from me <laughs> yeah, right now. Social distancing. We are right together here, in the same room. But my point is video. Mm-hmm. I think agents have gotten a little. My phone has been ringing off the hook for video. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think agents have gotten a little lax about video because. Homes are selling quickly, for the most part, with a low inventory. Mm -hmm. And talk to us about the phone ringing off the hook for video now. Right. So something we realized when this all was happening is realtors were going to have to move to more of a digital presentation more so than they ever have in the past. And with that, video comes into play. So we've already reached out to a few agents that we know really value marketing, really are not afraid to spend marketing dollars and pitch the idea, you know, hey, we've done a few videos for you in the past for your big homes. What do you think about doing a few videos moving forward? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. That's something I'm definitely going to have to do. But now we're taking it even a step further, and we've been perfecting a live stream technique on how to essentially give them the ability to do a live live open house via Facebook or YouTube or whatever means they want to do um, so that they can also capture client information, you know, details, and then still have a digital presence in this time where nobody's going out. So we're doing our first, actually first of those next week with some of your your agents, actually. Mm. They're the, the ones, the most eager to take advantage of this. We like to say that the best were blue. And also, statistically speaking, our listings are a higher price point. We sell a lot of luxury homes. I Mm -hmm. think professional photography makes a difference. And I'm going to challenge people, if you haven't done like an HD video tour of one of your listings before, and I mean hire it out to Mm -hmm. a professional, make it look like a Hollywood film for that home, do it. Do it on your next listing. You can use that footage going forward. You can use it in Facebook advertising. You can... Posted early and often, social media, email, YouTube, whatever. Get the word out that when you list your home with me, this is the kind of service and quality 100%. that you get. We've gotten a lot of great information about sure. you. A great conversation. Craziest thing you've seen in a home when you're going to shoot. 
craziest thing I've seen in a home. I say I haven't seen too much like craziness. I mean, I've seen my fair share of floor to ceiling like fish tanks always throws me when I walk in. Man, I haven't seen those listings. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I don't require agents to be there when I'm shooting homes. Um, Okay. It's not something I need. I know a lot of photographers really like that. Um, For me, you know, it makes me no difference if the realtor wants to be there so they can talk to their client so that they don't have to worry about the client, like, bugging me or whatever. It makes me no difference. Yeah, what about the seller? Are they typically there? Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, not, how many lock boxes do you open? You know, is it typically somebody like I typically you just bring a crowbar, and <laughs> um, lock boxes are not something I really worry about. Just go for the window over the sink. I told you this wouldn't be a sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I just let myself in. That's the real story of how I got into this. <laughs> I was just been, I was just you know, scouting homes, yeah. Yeah. just looking Compare for valuables. and contrast the photos. How using hard do you think we can get, get these those? quartz countertops out? <laughs> do you think we can get these out? <laughs> I'm just selling countertops. Do you work with a crew, or is it usually just Dustin McKibben? It's just me and an intern. <laughs> <laughs> okay, biggest pet peeve about photo shoots. Biggest pet peeve is ceiling fans. I ceiling fans, hundred percent. Um, I just, the way I edit photos, because I, I take multiple photos of a room and then I put them all together and then I like edit it from there. Um, if a ceiling fan's going, it just takes me a tremendous amount more time in my editing process. Um, so I, as soon as I get to a home, I walk through or I tell the homeowner or the real estate agent, biggest thing you can do for me is turn off all the ceiling fans. Hmm. Um, which how, much, uh, how much charge do you take? I mean, do you move stuff out of the way, like on your own instinct, or do you pretty much just shoot what's there? Um, it's about 50 50. Uh, I will go around real quick with the homeowner if they ask me, like, hey, is there anything you want me to move around? Like, let's just walk it real quick. Now that you mention it. Yeah, now that you mentioned it and you've trash. given me permission <laughs> to, you know, redecorate your house, um, yeah. most people keep way too much on their countertops. Yes. And so Agreed. I immediately One will... One or two things, maybe. Yeah. So I'll shoot the kitchen last, because most of the time the homeowner is spending ample time taking all their spatulas and their oven mitt collection and, you know, all these cat porcelain dolls that they thought were <laughs> really cool and getting rid of those. Um, and they can put that, like, on the dining room table since I've already shot the dining room. Um, but, yeah, I'll move things around. I'm not afraid. Um, I'll stick things in cabinets and cupboards. I'm sure there's homeowners that come home and they're like, where's my toothbrushes? Because they had like, a nasty electric toothbrush, like, sitting on their <laughs> counter. Um, but, no, because, like, like I said earlier, like, I, at my heart and my being, I'm a marketer. So, like, when I'm shooting a home, I'm not just performing a task. Like, I'm performing a function for that realtor. Mm-hmm. And that is helping them market that property. And it's not going to do that job marketing that property if it looks like poop. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself, (laughs) sir. I think you already answered this question, Mm -hmm. but we've had the drone, we've had the twilight photo, Mm -hmm. we got the 3D floor plan tours you can do that, again, have kind of fallen by the wayside as homes have sold quickly, but I'm sure we'll make a... Yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll make a strong comeback. What's next? I get the feeling that it's that live... I think this live streaming thing, if if realtors will embrace it um, and start to utilize social media more... Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the ones who are already utilizing social media will be the ones that flourish in this time. So I think the ones who have a strong social media presence um, going into this sort of stay-at-home time that we're in, I think are going to see a you know a bigger bump 
coming out of this is if they continue to double down on that social media with using things like live streaming and video tours and, you know, posting more of the photos and, you know, maybe showing photos. Um, so, you know, something going back to what you said earlier, we're going to start photographing closets a little bit more, garages, um, you know, the front. I'm getting asked by a lot of agents to shoot maybe some aerials of the neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, some things that we didn't normally do that people that might be influencing their buying decisions uh, might want to see. Selling location, yeah, of course. Yeah, selling the location, exactly. Um, so these are things we're going to be doing more. We might be charging a little bit extra to go, you know, it's going to take us a little more time when we're at these listings now to do that. But I think, you know, the agents who see the value in that, I think, are going to be the ones that really pull ahead. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if it's obvious or it isn't, but when you're doing this social media activity, you're not necessarily selling the home. You're selling yourself to the people who are in your sphere of influence Mm -hmm. so that when they go to buy or sell, they think, I know... XYZ Realtor is going to take great care of me because they're on top of everything. And I always see them because they get a lot right. of engagement from these like you know, live photos. Or... You are the expert in their sphere. Exactly. What should realtors be looking for in a photographer to partner with? The blue sky guarantee. The blue sky <laughs> guarantee. Um, yeah. Get so those clicks. When we got into real estate photography, the first thing we did was look at what other real estate photographers in the area were doing well and not well, and then kind of analyze what we wanted to focus our attention on in order to serve our clients. You can do that as a realtor as well. You can do that in any industry. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, and what we realized quickly was, you know, the exteriors were the you know, the first thing people see. Mm-hmm. And that's what we wanted to focus our time and energy on um, as, you know, a building block in helping them market. So I would look at how a real estate photographer handles the exteriors. Are they are they swapping skies so that they can shoot every day so that you're not constantly rescheduling because it's overcast and gray? Um, are they... You know, can you see out the windows? Like, are you you have a half a million dollar home that overlooks a lake? Can you see out those windows, or are they all blown out? You know, yeah. that's a clear sign of a professional photographer in my mind. Now, absolutely. I mean, and that's something. I mean, if you're an agent listening right now, and you take your own photos, and you think I have a camera I spent a lot of money on, I can do this. That is something that's a big difference to me. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do without the technical expertise. Right. I've had countless realtors try to figure out like what it is I'm doing. I mean, I'm bringing lights with me. Um, so, I mean, for a realtor to try to bring a light and talk with the client and do what I Seriously, do yeah, while carrying on a conversation and care. while trying to make sure the house is clean and tidy, it's just, it's a no brainer in my mind to just hire someone else. So typically if somebody tries to address you, you don't speak to them because you're <laughs> a man at work. <laughs> I know. I, t- I probably talk too much. Um, I'm getting that sense. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the only reason it's, I do really like when the realtor comes simply to, to so that I can get to a, get through a house in half the time if the realtor is there. Okay. So you're a master marketer. Mm-hmm. You're an entrepreneur. Sure. These are things our agents could and should be. Um, what's your best advice for... Everybody listening at home right now who is running their own business wants to get the word out there on themselves. Mm-hmm. Marketing advice by Dustin McKibben. Mar- you have two minutes. I feel like I need a little <laughs> intro music into this segment. 
I would say social media. Um, social media is where it's at right now. I know as a realtor looking at social media, depending on what your market's like, you're probably feeling like that's where everyone's going. I would. Yeah, how do you cut through that noise when everybody's there? Figure out different ways. Like I just saw one of your agents the other day, Armando. Was, Armando, shout him out. Yeah. Armando Wrangle. Yeah, he's, he's doing like these restaurant sort of like videos in communities in which he wants to sell more homes. So he's going around to local restauranteurs. I think they're like little, you know, iPhone cut together type mm-hmm. things. But, you know, for what he's doing, I think they're fantastic. Yeah. I think, you, you know, get just, to know him as a person. Yeah, you get to know him as a person. You know, he's trying to come across as like sort of a food network, foodie kind mm-hmm. of thing, showing you sort of these little hole in the wall restaurants, um, getting to know restaurant owners. I watched the whole video. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. And he's not like, uh, let's your home with me. I'm right. going to go realtor. He's yeah. just getting his personality and his presence and his engagement out there. And that's him. That's authentic to him. He is a foodie. You know, I feel like we talk about this a lot, but it can't be said enough. Be yourself. Be authentic. If you're not a foodie, don't do food videos. But do what comes natural to you and do it well. And then slowly build that sphere. Exactly. Of people that, you know, want to look to you. They, you know, when they see those monthly videos come out or, the, you know, those posts, like, oh, that's that's the guy who goes to the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now he's at a house. Now he's talking about a kitchen of the house he's selling and, you know, doing that. And he has my attention. You know, we talk exactly. about um, it's in our AMP class. It's probably in multiple CBU courses. The more people who know you, know you're in real estate and like and trust you, the more homes you sell. Mm-hmm. So they got to know you're in real estate. Maybe they know that up front. Maybe you get to that. Um, they got to know you, period, which right. get the, that engagement up. You know, they got to like and trust you, which video helps you get to know a person even before you've met them, you right. know, which I think is important. Um, so don't be afraid of video. Embrace it. Even if you haven't done it before, you can be good at anything with practice. You just have to embrace it and make it an intentional effort of something that you do. I mean, um, with anything marketing, they always say, like, go where the eyeballs are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now, especially with everything that's going on, the eyeballs are on their phones. They're on social media. So the more content you can be putting out there right now, you know, people are just going to gobble that up. It, it's ever changing. It's just a way to communicate. So wherever the people are, wherever the eyeballs are, to your point, mm-hmm. um, that's where you go. I mean, um, especially like with what Armando's doing, like no business owner is going to turn you down. I mean, even if you don't want to do restaurants, yeah, say you want to do title companies, say you want to do banks, say you want to like enlighten people on, yeah, no one's (laughs) going to be like, I don't want you to tell people about my business. Yeah, absolutely. And our most recent podcast was Amanda Furman, who every week highlights a local business. Boom. So yeah, there you go. And you didn't even know, you don't even listen to our podcast. Do you? What's this is a podcast. Yeah. I thought we were just hanging out. <laughs> You're going to listen to this one. Uh, I think probably not. <laughs> What, quick plug. What's the name of it? It's called the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. I mean, essentially, the name says it all. Um, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm they, teasing you for not listening to ours. How many episodes do you have? I think I've listened oh, to one thousands, of Thousands. Thousands. Yeah. Really? Um, thousands? No. But <laughs> we have hundreds, hundreds of episodes. Um, but what, essentially what it is... Can I get on that podcast or do I have to be a photographer? Would not probably be your target demo. <laughs> Brides and grooms might be buying a home... So brides and grooms don't even listen to our podcast. Our podcast is designed for photographers from photographers. And photographers are mostly homeless, so I have no place. Ex- they are very low income, very, um, they make zero <laughs> Except for money. Dustin McKibben Photography. I've seen your house. It casts a shadow on mine, literally. 
what's your perception of Caldwell Banker Agents versus others? Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite groups of people to work for. Uh, they seem to be the most marketing-driven individuals um, versus just the plug-and-chug of most agents. Now, I've been working with uh, Linda Williams over at your agency. Another name drop, love it. And she is just uh, so forward-thinking, and I really see us being able to work well together. Um, She's one of the people we're doing some live open houses with this week for, Mm -hmm. I think, one or two of her listings. So she's another one that I think you're going to see really come out of this thing on top with just how much she's putting into social media, how much she's building her sphere of influence through you know, taking advantage of everyone being from home, having these eyeballs on what she's got going on. And she's only a year in. If, right. If she's our agents listen went new. to Empower, uh, she was uh, Indiana Rookie of the Year, I guess. Um, we can all bring that into our business and, and kick it up a notch. Yeah. So let's wrap things up. Sure. First of all, thank you. This has been great. We ask a particular question to every guest Ooh. we have. And I'm curious to know your answer because I've seen your house. And our question is, what is your favorite thing about your house? My favorite thing about my house. Ooh, that's tough, Tony. I designed the whole thing myself. What do you think my favorite thing is about your house? Your favorite thing about my (laughs) house. My favorite thing about my house is probably the secret door in the basement. It is sweet. I mean, that's probably the most wow we are like the most like, whoa, we get from people when they come over mm-hmm. if we do the tour properly and it's closed when they come down to the basement. Yeah. Because we have one of those like secret. No, your door is like, you wouldn't see it obviously because it's hidden, but it's one you probably use fairly often. Yeah. So it's typically, it's my office. So the idea was <laughs> <laughs> I use it every day, Tony. So, A lot of people want people to know they're working. Dustin doesn't want people well, to know I have small Like Tony, I have small children. And the idea was, so when I was younger, my parents built a house. And when my friends would come over, being that it was a big house, they would always want to look in everything, see where everything was. They're very nosy. And trying to you know, future-proof my house, I built my office in a way where you would never know it's there. There's a, It's a, one of those hidden, like, Batman bookshelf doors that are built into the wall. Um, I think a couple he, strokes of the piano keys, and it's, it's open. turn of a clock, um, and it <laughs> pops open. And that way, when my kids get a little bit older, when their friends come over, they never have to be like, oh... What's in here? And like, oh, that's like a really like twenty thousand dollar camera. Let's play with that. Let's take some mm-hmm. selfies. Oh yeah, twenty thousand. You're you're joking, right? Oh, we have some very expensive cameras. <laughs> All right. So real quick, what would you charge our Illinois and Wisconsin agents for a trip to shoot for them? What's the additional? What would I charge? What's the, what's the trip? What's the charge? travel fee for <laughs> Illinois and and Wisconsin? Green and Wisconsin. Bay, Appleton. Probably just you know your typical dollar a mile. Dollar a mile. There, you heard it here first. Plus a beer. Plus plus a bottle of bourbon. Plus per my, state driven. Plus yeah. Plus city driven through. <laughs> Dustin, thanks, man. It's been real. It's been real talk. It's been real talk. Tony did here. You are the man. Thank you.